Brendan Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim I and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. My teaching is going to come from uh, 1 Samuel. And we're going to talk about the person of Samuel and use his life as a case study. I promise I'll get you out early. I borrowed some minutes from last week. Hopefully, I'm going to give it back to you today. All right. The person of Samuel. Samuel is a man of God. Three titles are given to him. Number one is a prophet in the Bible. Number two is the is the judge. He takes place. The, the story of his life is in that sector of the Bible where he is a judge, and he also acts as a priest. When we say prophet, he was. Uh, one of the first prophets after Moses led the, the Israelites, is, he becomes the, the first prophet, commentary says. He's also a judge. That means people will come to him for major counsel. And he will go before God and God will give him uh, uh, the, the, the mindset, the mentality of how to solve people's problems. He was also a priest in the Bible. He was assigned to go before God on behalf of God's people. He was that priest. People didn't quite like the man of God. It's hard to like a man of God when he's a God, godly man. Because sometimes he speaks to your status quo. And it changes things that you don't want to change. And therefore you become resistant to the man of God. And the people didn't like him. Because he annoyed them. Every time he spoke, they said, no, 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 no. We don't want this kind. We want a man that the pew can control the pulpit. They said, give us a king. Uh, Very much. And they they didn't even, they they wanted to elect their own king so that they could deselect him. When he's telling them, You know, when you want a man after your own heart instead of a man after God's own heart. And that's what the people said. Give us a king. And God said, you sure you want a king? They said, yes, we don't want a man of God. We want a man for us. A man for all seasons. And uh, beyond God's feeling about that, he said, I'm not happy to give you a man after your own heart. But... uh, Nonetheless, if you want to elect, go ahead. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you a man that you want. And uh, he, gave him, he gave them Saul. And Saul messed up in the kingdom. And after that came David. But let's focus on Samuel. Samuel was the last judge. And God put oil in his hands to go and anoint these two kings. First Saul and then he would anoint David in his early days. Godly people are not embarrassed or selfish to set up their next. Godly people are not intimidated by having a second in charge. And I'm telling all of our leaders this year that you must have a 2IC. Hear me. Everyone that is in leadership this year, I say that you must have, if you're a praise and worship leader, you must have a second attached to you. And hear this, godly people are not embarrassed or selfish to set up their next. It's a godly profile that you must have. You are not intimidated. Are we together? And so God... I'm talking about the man of Samuel. God is going to mark Samuel. The first thing, everybody say marked. You are not an ordinary person. For you to be seated here, something marked you. And if you're not going to be marked for the glory of God, you are going to be marked for the beast. There is a marking. There is a recognition in the spiritual realm of those who are marked. We spoke about it on Friday that the anointing rests on you. As we place the mark on your forehead, the dot, 
There's a presence of God on you. Whether you like it or not now, when the enemy comes to take you out, he identifies that there is an anointing on your life. You are no ordinary person. I'm going to show it to you just now. Moses was no ordinary person. So he was marked. Who marked him? Who marked Samuel? Samuel's mother, Anna, did. Where is it? Well, 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 6. She's crying because she can't have a baby. And she's in a prayer. She says, because the Lord has closed Anna's womb, a rival will provoke her and taunt her viciously. It caused her to pray all the more for a child that she didn't have. Are we together? So let's go to the mother. Anna's rival was one who already had what she didn't have. It's amazing how people who have what you want can ate on you for what they have. Let it sink a little. It is amazing how people can hate on you for what they have over what you want. And I tell you what, they're not intimidated by your present, that you don't have it. It's your future that rocks their world. It's the Samuel that you are carrying that they can feel on the inside of you that if they give birth to my Samuel that Samuel is going to take the place of my child they already feel it in the spirit am I talking to somebody today and the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 1 and she didn't have she was barren but you know what she did the Bible says and Anna and Anna did what and Anna did what Anna prayed Listen to me. The Bible says the Lord closed Anna's womb. I want to talk to those with insecurities this morning. You have all that you are supposed to have. Don't stress. God just withheld it from you. It just will come through prayer. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Whatever you desire to lift you up in 2024, it's already inside of you. It's just that it's not unlocked yet. And that's why when I say strike the ground, strike the ground, hit the ground, start to place a demand. Anna hit the ground when she went to the temple. She started to hit the ground even the priests didn't understand what she was doing but she hit the ground is there anybody here that understands what it is to hit the ground to strike the ground mm. God had closed her womb so as to define her priorities and faith sometimes if something comes too quickly you think it is self-made but when you don't have it, you start to trust God. That becomes your priority. Some of you, if you didn't have what you had in God's time, you'll think that you, you self-made. You will never put emphasis on God. But when you have to strike the ground and it comes as a result of prayer, then you say, it was not me, it was God. The Lord knew that a barrenness would prompt her to make commitments and vows to God. He wanted the mother to mark this child. So he delays on the Samuel so that she says, she puts a mark. She says, if you give to me what I need today, I will give to you what you need tomorrow. Am I talking to a church that believes this morning? Does, so, so it's not for you. It's a, it, this is a Samuel. This is a Samuel for the future. He needs to be a priest. He needs to be a prophet. He needs to be the judge. God needs him. But cannot just give it to a mother who will say, I'm going to keep him. So she comes to the point where she says, if you give to me what I need today, I'll give to you what you need tomorrow. 
Somebody is going to fall pregnant right now, right here. And the son that you have, you must name him Samuel. Am I talking to somebody this morning? The son that you have today must be named Samuel. Today, we can look back over Samuel's life and see purpose behind Anna's grief. Too quiet. So before Anna became pregnant, she dedicated a child. She did what? She marked him. Somebody say marked. 1 Samuel 1.11 And she vowed a vow and said, O the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look unto the affliction, I will give unto thine and give unto thine handmaiden a man child. Then I will give unto the Lord all the days of his life. Don't give him to the temple and then take him back. She was going to put him in the hand of the priest to become a priest. There is a difference between those that are marked and those that are unmarked. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months and after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. All the parents in the house, I want you to put your hands on your children when, you, when we're done and say to those children, you are no ordinary child. If you're sitting next to your child, put your hand on your child and say, you are no ordinary child. Are you doing that this morning? Prophesy to them. Say, listen, you have greater custody over your children than I do. You are their biological child. Put your hands. And, and the devil knows that. If you don't do that, there's no marking on your child. Mark them, mark them, mark them. Before they go to school, before they enter those gates. There are demons waiting for our children. There are spirits. I tell you what, I prayed for our teachers today. To, to impart to our children as they would do now. Do you know in the spirit realm, whatever gates those teachers lift in their lives, if there are Christian teachers here today, you are taking the mandate, you are carrying a mantle to instruct in. in. So we pray of our teachers to be great anointed teachers. So they carry in that spirit. Not all. So... What spirits are your teachers carrying over your children? Now, there must be in the spirit realm, whichever is greater dominates. I think I taught you that once. Whichever spirit is greater will dominate. We learned that from the Melchizedek principle. I'm not going to go, go there. But if you put a strong spirit over Jasmine, Caressa, no no weapon formed against her is going to prosper because she has power and authority to judge and make of no effect those things. But if you send a weak spirit into a stronger dimension, then those things uh, can be fashioned and have progress. One more time, put your hands on your children. I don't care what, what the ages is. Uh, you can have an 80-year-old over a 50-year-old. Uh, Put your hand on your child and say, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And speak this, you are no ordinary child. Prophesy according to Hebrews chapter 11, 20. Oh, you're too quiet for me. Hebrews eleven twenty three. I say to you, my child, you are no ordinary child. Yes. There were some no ordinary children in the Bible. Samson was another one. Yes. It was locked in his hair. It was locked in his locks. Another one that was carrying the blessing was Isaac. Abraham put it on, put his spirit on Isaac. Isaac put it on Jacob. Jacob put it on Joseph. Joseph put it on um, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so it went down. Are we talking to anybody this morning? The mark of God on your life makes you unique. The presence of God on your life makes you unique. You are no ordinary child. You are marked by God. And you are different. 
I tell you what, because of your difference, it's going to attract different spirits to you. You are like a, like a person walking around with that bullseye in your back. Say, shoot me, shoot me, shoot. That's why you come up, on, up against so many attacks and you think, why am I going through this? Because you're a bullseye. You got something on you. That's, that's it. You know it in your, in your, in your, in your stuff. People look at you funny. Because you won't cooperate with some of the things that they, they do. Friday night binges. And you say, no, i got to go to church. Church? You're joking. You don't go to church in this, this age. You go to church. You're joking. I was talking to Ashvir in the UK. The lady told him, he's trying to have a Christian conversation. She said, you, go, you actually believe in God. She said to you, I'm an atheist. She don't believe in, there's no, no such thing as God. Let me tell you why she's saying there's no thing and I want you to understand it. When you don't have a relationship with God, anything you value will become God. So in where you are, because of the money, the mammon, it supplies all their needs. You go to the grocery store, they, they just take out the pound and they buy. So that has become their God. Mammon, there's no need to seek God. Are we together? I used to feel like I, something's wrong with me. Until later I realized that you are unique. Yes. When I was in college, they used to call me, they used to tease me. You know, you, you know what they used to say? Father Jacob. They used to call me Father Jacob. They were prophesying. Yes. I walk in a room and they suddenly they go quiet. Like, and they used to make you feel like they were talking about you. No, they were not talking about you. You just carried a, a kind of a present. Did it ever happen to you? You walk into a place and everybody goes quiet because you're carrying something, man. You're carrying a power. You carry, you into, in the spirit realm, you are intimidating the demons uh, that are against you. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. When you are marked, you are marked. When you know ordinary child, you know ordinary child. I'm talking to some of the young, and I asked them to come into the auditorium today. You will feel that you are, you, 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 you're different and they, they don't like you. It's fine. One of the days, they're going to run to you. They're going to come to you for solutions because of... They don't have the answers. We're together this morning. Somebody say marked. You must be marked. Samuel was marked. And I tell you when you're marked, here it comes. You are going to break cycles. When you are marked, you are going to break patterns. You are going to be a cycle breaker and a cycle maker. You're going to make your own cycles in life. <laughs> There was nothing of the priesthood that came out of Anna's and Elkanah's house. But suddenly, out of their house came a priest. Out of Anna's house and Elkanah's loins came a judge. You are going to be a pattern maker. You're going to be a rain maker. Out of you are going to come things that are going to break patterns. I prophesy this morning. Listen to me. Lean in this morning. Break a cycle. Anybody wants to break a cycle? Yes. There's a book called The American Millstone. American Millstone. In this book, you can Google it. It will cost you $28 to buy it from Amazon. It's an examination of a nation's permanent underclass in Chicago. A nation's permanent underclass. It, it it studies the underclass. One of the themes of this book says, if you're born in poverty, you most likely will stay in poverty. If you're born in poverty, you will most likely stay in poverty. Another theme of this book says, you are a reflection of your background. That means, uh, if your grandmother fell pregnant at 15, you will fall pregnant at 15 and your daughter will fall pregnant at 15. Listen to me. 
And here is what I want to say. If you identify something that is in your line that's coming down from your mother. You saw this pattern in your mother and you're seeing it in you. If you don't break the cycle this morning, in all probability, it's going to go into your children. It's, it's just a natural biological pattern, so they say. But I tell you this morning, it is spiritual. That out of an Anna and an Elkanah can come a Samuel. There's no priesthood in their family. But they birth a priesthood out of them. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Uh -huh. And the Bible says that Anna, after she had weaned him. That means he had come off her breast. After she had weaned him, she took him into the temple. And she gave him to Eli the priest. This morning you need to be weaned away from your born thing. I'm talking to somebody in the spirit, listen to me. You need to be weaned out of a generation thing, that a generational pattern. You need to look at the thing, no matter what your age is. and You don't have to be eight, eight, eight days or eight months to be weaned out of it. You can look back and say, this thing is a generational thing. This is a demon. I'm going to wean myself out of it. And although I'm not a mark, but today this message is going to mark me and it's going to birth me. I'm going to take you to the next stage. You got to be marked. You got to be birthed. Stay with me. Are you okay? Oh. I said this before and I'll say it again. If you are born in poverty, don't let poverty be born in you. If you came out of poverty, don't let poverty come out of you. Young people, listen to me as much as you don't want to go to school, but that certificate is needed. If you're going to break this thing, you have to wean yourself from your born thing. Your grandmother may have passed grade four. Your mother may have passed grade six, progress noted, but you have to get your matric certificate. I don't know how you feel about going to school, whether you, you don't feel like it getting up in the morning. Do you know on, on Monday morning they said to David, David, get up and go to school. He said, no, my mama said, go to school. She said, you are the principal, you have to go to school. <laughs> I don't care how you feel about school and uh, whether you think it's unnecessary, but you have to break that cycle. You have to break the pattern. Some of your children are playing you. For all of the holiday, they were not vomiting and feeling sick. Suddenly on Wednesday, they're feeling sick and you have to take them to you joking. You tell them, no, this is a demon. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. And you are going to get better. And you're going to go to that school. And you're going to sit in that classroom. And you're going to take down notes, both in your physical and in your mind. And the Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon you. You are anointed for this thing. Speak to them. Talk to them. Hmm. I gotta be weaned. Somebody say I have to be weaned. You can't be on your mother's breast for the rest of your life. It's unnatural. I told you when I was an educator, that time they used to call us teachers. And um, there was a boy, I remember his, his name. I won't mention his name now, but I said it in the past. But I won't say it. He was in grade, grade three, standard one, grade three. His mother had to come to suckle him and give him breast milk at that age. Yes. And, and, and the male principal, we had a male principal, he was allowing it until a female principal came and said, you're joking. She he used to give her a special room. But there's one thing I must say, that boy, he won every race. Yeah, yeah. He was in my, I know, I was uh, the, for the, the, the sports master for Mercury House. I put him for every race. He just won the races. <laughs> I 
And we had a nice principal, Miss Ephraim, Ephraim. She said, no, ma'am, you're joking. There is an age for a stage. And there is a stage for an age. And I preach that to you this morning, that if you are in unnatural weaning, you need to be weaned off some of the things. If you're going to rise, you can't be tied to the umbilical. You can't be tied to your mother's uh, care. At 50, you're joking. There are some things that you have to wean yourself off from your parents' room. Let's go to the room. Are you ready for the room? Are you ready for the room? Because after you marked, after she birthed you, she must release you to plant you. Because where you planted, there you shall flourish. Are we talking to somebody? I'm preaching. I know where I'm going. Stay with me. You got to be number one, what? Marked. Number two, you must be birthed. Number three, you must be planted. Bible says, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a, a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him into the house of the Lord at Shiloh. Where are you going to be planted? In the house of God. In 2024, I appeal to you that in as much as you marked, in as much as you were given birth, you have to be planted. Sunday is not optional. Sunday, that's why they call it, it's the Lord's day. Block it in your diary. No matter how you feel, even if you have to drag yourself into the presence of God, drag there, you just make it to the gate, we'll carry you in. Mm? If, if resistance to God is inside of you, any excuse will do. You, you will see, you'll find any excuse not to go in the house of God. If you don't feel it, the devil will give you every excuse. Little droplets of rain. Small. You'll say, it's pouring. It is pouring. You say, but it's no rain. No, I'm speaking prophetically. It, when I come in out, we'll get wet. You come, we'll give you an umbrella. You come, we'll give you a hat. You just, you just bring yourself. How many of you believe God is a healer? Then when you're sick, you should come to the church. We'll pray and he'll heal you. <laughs> if you're coughing and all of that, we understand. We don't want to get everybody sick. I'm just, I'm just telling you that if you're resistant, any excuse will do. But David said, I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. Hmm? Now, some are intended to aid you in your present, but are not assigned to your future. Anna was to mark him and birth him. But she was not intended to assign to his future. No. She had to take him and deliver him into Eli. Let me say this to you this morning. Don't feel like you're an orphan when your mother is giving you up. Some of you have been given up at a very early stage. And what you're feeling is abandonment and rejection. You're joking. You are so special. God has something for you that the room in which he placed you cannot contain you. The room in which God placed you doesn't have enough to sustain you there. It's going to take a bigger house, the house of God. To maintain you and to sustain you. Are we talking to somebody this morning? So here, those of you that feel abandoned... Let me talk to, to, to those that, that were adopted. It's a, it's a painful situation, but let me address the pain. Are we okay? If you were adopted, you should feel more special, especially in, in the family that adopted you. Because if you are birthed into the family, you had no option but to be birthed into that family. But to be adopted by that family, the option of choice was with them. And they had a choice. They said, I choose this child. I want this 
particular child with all of its looks, with all of its features. I love this child. And so if you adopt it, I don't want you to feel abandoned. God has so much in the room that he's planned. She took uh, Samuel and put him in Eli's house. Because they couldn't raise a priest in their house. They had to take him to a home of the priests. So that priesthood could come upon him. Are we talking to somebody this morning? So those of you that feel rejected, don't feel abandoned. For they couldn't give you your future. The steps of a righteous man are ordered in Eli's house. You have to leave Anna's house to go into Eli. So, so where you are is by, not by chance. Am I talking to somebody this morning? So you cannot feel angry for being in Eli's house. You must recognize the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Rest in your planting. Rest where you are. That's why it says where you are planted, there you will flourish. Don't become restless. Where am I talking? Don't become disappointed. Don't become discouraged for where you are planted. There you will flourish. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Planted. Anna took Samuel's feet and planted it in the house of God. Young parents, I, I always say this. You, you take your children and you make little things for them. You put their feet and you make, what do you call Molds of their feet and golden feet. You put it in the... In the, in the picture frames, I know my, my grandchildren have that. Their hands, you put it in, take it to pavilion, and you put their hands. How about the house of God? And I tell you something this morning. Let me say this to all future parents who will have children. And we've already started doing it. Whether the priest is here or not here. When you have your child, the moment you you are discharged with your child. Bring the child. We'll open the church for your child. And put your child's feet on the altar. Before you put the child's feet in the hospital's bed. Or in that. When you bring, when at discharge, let your child's feet. And when you come, you use the scripture and say, Today, like Anna did with Samuel, I plant my child's feet in the house. Of God. Better than the mold with gold. Is to take your children. And plant their feet. In the ways that they should go. Am I talking to somebody? Based on what I'm saying today. So she placed him in the hands of a priest. Because he was going to be one. Allow God this morning. To plant you in a soil. In an environment. Where you will flourish. Even though you don't feel like coming to church, come to church. It's going to be soul food. Do you know what soul food is? It's chicken licking to your soul. It's soul food. Yes, with that hot sauce. That's why when you leave the church, you, sometimes you feel hot behind your ears. God is working with you. Good. All the four by four drivers are sitting. Ah, you can talk to us like I'm talking to you. Take it, take it. It's hot sauce, but it will do you good. Huh? What does it taste like? Yeah. Something tastes like something, but hmm? tastes like medicine, but it'll do you good. Yes, medicine. Some of you say medicine. Whether it's medicine or medicine, it tastes bad, but it'll do you good. And by the way, some of your children were supposed to take the dose of castor oil. Or castor oil. Castor oil is in the garage. Castor oil is in your cupboard. Whatever it is, you're supposed to clean your stomachs. In our days, they used to catch us by our ears, tie us to the bed, open your mouth, pour that down your throat. They were weaning your system. That's why we don't have all of these things. You have, now you take Vermox. Joking. Epsom salt is right. Put it down here. 
Amen. And so she takes him and she places him in the house of God under the rulership of a priest. Let me tell you something. You need a pastor to speak to you. Some of you, nobody can speak to you. Your wife can't speak to you. Your fathers can't speak to you. Your mothers can't speak to you. Nobody can speak to you. Under an anointing, there is a thing called submission. And when you come under submission, you come under accountability. Whether there is a one-on-one -on -one or whether it is just general, as I'm speaking to you, there is a sense of accountability that comes to you. That's why your wife threatens you. I'm going to tell pastor about you. <laughs> She's not threatening you. She's using a spiritual alignment to say that there is a structure of accountability. See how you're laughing because she must have told you. <laughs> Nobody else can sort you out as big as you are. Say, I'm going to tell the pastor. No, he's not talking about the man of the pastor. She's saying, I'm going to tell God about you. Because when you come under submission, you come under the leadership of that. When they put Samuel under Eli, uh, he's saying to Eli, he, or Samuel is saying in his spirit, I trust you because you trust him. I trust you because you trust him. And whatever you tell me, I take it that he is telling you to tell me. Submission means then I come under your God that you are submitted to. When you come under the word of God, you're not coming under the man of God. You are coming under the word of God. He's just a vessel for you to hear it. Until you can hear it by yourself, you'll have to hear it from the man of God. You say, where is it in the Bible? Well, when the word came and said, Samuel. Samuel didn't wake up and go to God. God was calling him, but he didn't wake up and go to God. He went to Eli and he said, Eli, did you call me? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back. And just as he lay his head, the Bible says, and the voice of God said, Samuel. He went back to Eli. He went to his priest. Something tells me that the voice of God sounded like Eli's voice. Because why did he go back to Eli? Because Eli sounded like, or God sounded like Eli. In the night, you'll hear your pastor's voice. And God will be speaking to you. If you're submitted, you will say, Yes, Lord. Here am I. <laughs> yes, Lord. Here, Speak to me. That's why when you come, don't resist coming to a service. The whole service is not designed for you, ladies and gentlemen. Just one slide is going to speak to you. The whole thing is not for you. Because there's a lot of people, 10 slides. This sector will get, will get one slide. God is speaking just to this sector. In another sector, God will just speak to this one lion. I mean, one sector... You understand? God speaks to you. Ah, God. Today I'm going to feel like Daniel when I go home. But Samuel was submitted under Eli's leadership. Listen to me. When you have a man of God on you, listen to me, please. Don't become familiar with the man of God. Just because you have him online, just because you have him on, on, I was going to say mix it, but mix it is as far gone. WhatsApp doesn't mean to say that you become familiar with him. Samuel didn't become familiar with Eli, didn't treat him as his equal, neither did he treat him as his friend. He treated him as his priest. Because it depends on what blessing you want from your man of God. If you want a friend's anointing, then you treat him as a friend. But if you want something that comes under the priesthood of God, if you want something that comes from heaven, then you treat him as the man of God in your life. And if you have a man of God that you're submitted to, stop running from campaign to campaign. Guest speaker to guest speaker. You have a voice in your life. You have a church in your life. Stop running hither and thither. Say that's the house of God. When I want to eat a good mutton curry, though Hollywood is good and T, TFC is good, 
but I come home to heat. Some of you men must understand, you can go window shopping, but you come home and dress. <laughs> yes. Having said that, it may be a joke, but you have a house. And when the azan goes, prayer is being made. You must run to the house of God. In 2024, if you're going to go higher, when the, when, the, when, the, when the trumpet blows in Zion, you must know where you're going to go. When they say we're going to go to prayer, which house are you going to pray? Are you going to do 21 days or are you going to do the five days that your pastor called you to do? Are you going to do the vegetable fast or are you going to do the, the fast? Let me talk about that again. Just to bring clarity because somebody asked me. I want to ask you today, especially you medical people, when they say you must do a fasting cholesterol test. Okay, Judy, I'll just talk to you because you. Does that fasting cholesterol test say you can have vegetables and do the test for cholesterol? When you say medically, you must do a fasting cholesterol or a fasting blood glucose test. It is nil per mouth. Arrest my case. Now, forgive me because we, 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 we were streamlined to tell you. And I, I put a booklet that said what you can eat and what you can't eat. You're joking. God told me you don't eat chocolates, but you can eat herbs. You're joking. Surely you are in yourself, inside your spirit, something is telling you, you tell me who, who's fooling who, are you fooling me, or am I fooling you, tell me who, who's fooling who, are you fooling me, or am I fooling you. So I don't know why on YouTube and you're going to get all the people that are going to, they're going to, I'm going to come up on some resistance. I'm just asking for you that are watching today. When we do a fasting cholesterol or a fasting blood test, are we allowed to eat vegetable and fast? Because that blood will speak. <laughs> and the blood will show herbs in it. <laughs> yes, the blood is going to show I just say, Kalabash. It's going to show Kalabash that you had fasting urine test. In your fasting urine, it's going to show what you... You're joking. So, I'd rather do five real than 21. Again, it's nice to start the year, but call it your own detox. Call it your own diet because it makes you nice and thin and all of that. But you're not fasting. Because the Bible says, and after which he was hungered. If you're not hungry, you're not fasting. Embassy, are we good? Yes. I said, Embassy, are we good? Yes. To each is his own and I don't know what others want to do and how do they justify but I heard from God I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered and I'm telling you that five days is five days we have fasted we have sought God and inside that now you better believe that God is going to answer you Mark my words. This is follow the pattern and see how 21 will die. Mark my words. You'll see in the Christian community, 21 will become 14 days. Churches will start to do 10 days. 
and it will it will narrow it down because we need leadership that will say this is not right you need apostolic voice that will say what you're doing is good but it's not right I'm coming to an end. Let's stand. And you know when I say stand? Samuel's mother did what? She mocked him. Samuel's mother did what? She planted him. Oh, sorry, she birthed him. And then she moved from her responsibility and moved him into the priest. And she planted him and said, I place him under you. But as the boy grew, I feel goosebumps. Come, come up. The Bible says that Samuel went before God. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. Somebody say ministered. Hear me now, hear me now, don't be distracted. Here's your mandate for 2024. If you want to go higher, you must learn to be weaned from your mother's house, to be weaned from your mother's breast, to be placed in the house of God. But you must grow and mature and you must learn to minister unto the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, your mandate as a believer is not to come to be patted on your back and say all of these things, but you must come and you must bring yourself full and be able to minister to God. Listen to me. Young lady, young man, as you would go to college and leave Anna's house and even leave Prophet Eli, leave your priests. Listen to me, those young people that are going away. Know your life source is God. Amen. And even though you may not be able to find a house of God, the God of the house must find you. And you must be able to create your own altar where you are. Listen to me, Ashvir and Sharice. When you go back, although you may not find the house of God, your house becomes the house of God. Family, listen to me. This is serious. The house of God is not to show your Versace and your Yugo Boss. And all of that is good. Adidas and all of that style is good. I'm not, not de-styling you. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is to minister unto the Lord. Vesh, listen to me. It's not to play and sound good. I'm the man. No. It's to minister to the Lord. Roxanne, it's not to stand there and make yourself all, all puffed up and listen to me praise and worship. The, 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 the biggest spirit in the house that's, that wants to lurk is inside praise and worship because Satan was a praise and worship leader. So he wants to put that spirit on the, that, that I, if I can be puffed up, that spirit comes in, whether you like it or not. You must be careful about that spirit. So it's not how good I sound. Listen to me. It's not how good you look. You can look bad in the eyes of a man, but you can still sound good in the ears of your God. You pull out your shower voices and you start to sing. It's, it, it works with God's ears. He wants to hear you. He created you so that he can hear you. He wants to hear you. Minister to him. When you come, you must come to minister unto the Lord. Don't be hurt that they didn't place you where they should have placed you. Elevated you where they should have elevated you. Ah, forget about you. Listen, I comb my hair, what I have. But when I'm ministering to the Lord, it doesn't matter how. I put my tie right there, but if it comes out, I forget about it. Because I want to minister to the Lord. To God be the glory. 
see, I want to give him glory. Stop worrying about yourself and critiquing yourself. And the worst thing you can do is critique others. Today I put a, a cup of full water in your hand. And with the fullness of that cup, I will ask you to walk around. If you look at others, you'll spill the water. But if you focus only on your own cup, you'll give me back a full cup of water. Some of you come full, but you leave empty because you're minding everybody else's, critiquing everybody else's thing, but yours. And that's why you came full and you leave empty. Stop critiquing. And Samuel did what? He ministered unto the Lord. Ah. When you come into the service, come ready to minister unto the Lord. And there are some unnecessary conversations if by now you know where to stay away from. That's why when I walk into the service, no disrespect, I say it respectfully, but I don't want to hear different voices so that when I start to preach here, those voices start to bubble and then I start to address those situations because God gave me a word. Now let me say this about the word. Whatever you see on the slide, God has already given to me. I don't preach to faces. You may feel that. And, and, and when, you, when you sit here, if you feel it's just for you, it's the spirit of God. But it's already on my slide. So I didn't know you were going to be here. God brought you here. You see, so you say, oh, the pastor is speaking to me. No. Uh, it's, listen, let me say this about it, put it right. Somebody told me a long time ago, if you speak to a face and the condition of that face, you'll produce a very arthritic church. Arthritic means you'll have pain in the joints of your church. So every time you sit here and you think he's speaking to me, yes. But he's not speaking to you. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. I love you unconditionally. Why should I hate you? Tell me. I don't want to have any reason to hate on you. But I'm a man of God. I know my assignment. I have to speak what God told me to speak. You take it. In love, I speak it to you. And rectify it. Oh, I'm not coming back to the church. No. God is speaking. You have to come to. God is speaking to you. But when you come, you minister unto the Lord. I have two minutes. Mm -hmm. I wrote in my notes, don't worry who recognizes you, do it unto the Lord. Don't worry what men think. You minister unto God and be God-centered. Oh, what manner of criticism will I attract? Die to self. I want to preach a message one day, I'm dead to self. Die to self. And minister unto the Lord. And then say, I, don't, don't say I'm being benchmarked and I'm being uh, compared to somebody. No, we're not judging you. That's not our mandate to judge you. Our mandate is to cause you to go higher. Higher.